You're listening to the Christian Single Moms Podcast. This is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly, founder of Agape Moms. Here on the podcast, our emphasis is on discovering you on the journey through. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, of power, and of purpose. And I believe that she can do it right in the middle of the things that God is carrying her through in her season as a single mom. And I'm just so excited to be along on that journey with you and to have you with me today. Today on the podcast, we are talking about our finances. We're talking about money. And this is a subject I know that a lot of us have some fear around that we have a variety of different experiences that we bring to this topic. But many of us becoming a single mom put our finances into a difficult spot. Maybe they were never great and now we have a lot more debt and things got worse. Or maybe they were okay, but now we feel like we're at midlife and we're starting all over again and there's just not enough time. Whatever situation you might find yourself in, today's guest is really going to shine some light on what your opportunities are when it comes to your money. My guest is Erica Young from TaylorMade Budgets. What's really refreshing about Erica's approach is the first thing that we do, and you'll hear this in the conversation, is we talk about our relationship to our money and how money makes us feel and maybe ways that we are using money in emotional coping or that we're avoiding money because of strong emotions that go around it. So we talk a little bit about how to get right with that part of it first, and then she lays out really incremental steps that you can start to become empowered by your money. You know, I think so often we feel that money just has so much power over us and it it feels discouraging, but the way that Erica breaks this all down, it actually makes it kind of fun and feels like taking good care of ourselves and taking good care of what we have so that we don't feel vulnerable anymore about money, but instead we can feel that it's something that we can actually express ourselves with. I wanted to talk about this as well going into the new year. I know it's a time that we start to kind of rethink what we might want to do. And I look at that not only in terms of our finances, but also just in our overall well-being and our lives. Last week on the podcast, we talked about dating. And this is a good time to start to reevaluate some of our relationships as well and how it is that we feel about ourselves. To help you look more deeply at that and how it might be affecting your relationships, I have a free quiz over at agapemoms.com forward slash quiz called What is Your Loneliness Type? And once you take that quiz, you'll get a little sense of how it is that you uniquely are experiencing loneliness and then get some insight into what you can do about it. Again, if you'd like to have a look at that quiz, it's www.agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. As we get started today, I'd like to tell you about our guest, Erica Young. Erica is the president of Tailored Made Budgets. After seven years of working in the semiconductor industry as an engineer, Erica decided to help others gain control over their money through personal financial coaching. Her love for numbers and data crunching translated easily into analyzing financial information. Erica knows how to help you navigate the financial waters because she did it herself. She and her husband, Chris, dug their way out of nearly $100,000 in debt. And now, through her monthly e-newsletter, 
personal coaching sessions, workshops, and speaking engagements, Erica is helping many people significantly improve their finances, their families, and most importantly, their futures. Erica is a certified financial counselor by Dave Ramsey's Lampo Group and is now helping her clients give their dreams a place to flourish every day. I was blessed with the opportunity to actually meet Erica and her husband at an event hosted by Ramsey Solutions, and we immediately just clicked. And I'm so excited to have her here on the podcast with me today because I know that you're going to feel that light and that inspiration that she carries with her. Here is my conversation with Erica Young. Hey, Erica, I'm so excited that you could join me today for this conversation. These questions actually came directly from our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. So what you're going to be doing for us today is shining some light in some places that we really need help. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, I think so. So to start us off, for many of us becoming single moms, I know you work with a lot of single women and your mother was a single mom. So this is something that's really close to your heart. And a lot of us in this situation have ended up kind of in a financial tailspin by however it was that we became a single mom. And so I'd like to know if we could just get started before we get into the nuts and bolts of money, how can we start to look at money as something that we can be empowered by and how can we shift our mindset about money so that it's not something that we feel vulnerable about? Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Money is funny. Let's start there. (laughs) Right. I mean, because there's a lot of emotion attached to it. We work really hard to earn our dollars. We want to be able to spend as we choose. But the challenge as a single mom is that something has caught something has changed or adjusted in our lives that is brought us to where we are right now. And there can be some shame, some guilt, remorse, um, regret, and those feelings are real, but we can't allow them to dictate what we do. So um, my mother was a single parent and um, she raised my sister and I, and we saw lots of good things, but we also saw some challenging things that she faced because she was the one trying to take care of us. And financially speaking, that's difficult um, on one income. And uh, so I was able to witness it firsthand that yes, you can be successful in getting someone grown up and out of your home, but that doesn't come without its challenges. I, I saw a lot of paycheck to paycheck living and I saw a lot of, you know, feast and famine. And that can put a toll on you and you can feel a lot of, like I said, remorse and guilt and shame about where you are. And that is, I think the feelings, it it just keeps us from our full selves that we could really be doing something with these dollars. And so um, I want you to feel the, you know, those feelings because it's real, but I don't want them to hold you back from being successful with discipline where it concerns even small measures to make sure that your finances are in a solid place. That is what is gonna help us to use that vulnerability for a better purpose. And my sister and I are now, you know, we're college graduates, we have kids of our own and, and you know, it is really good to know that her hard work ethic, you know, effort, all of the things that she did to make sure that we had what we needed were not 
you know, wasted. I mean, it, and so that is huge. And I think all single moms need to understand that um, those things aren't wasted. Um, it is up to you to plant those seeds and your kids to bear the fruit. And so my hope is that that is what is happening with my kids as well. I love that you're giving us permission as well to feel those feelings yeah. and to just accept that this is maybe where we're at. So some of us mm -hmm. may have had good finances and a divorce put us into a lot of debt. Others of us may have never had good finances. And I think that first place, as you're talking about, peeling away all those negative feelings that we have saying, yep, they're real, they're there, yep. but I don't have to live underneath those is that first step. How can we look at money specifically as a tool that empowers us and gives us opportunity instead of something that maybe we feel has control over us. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult one. It's a process, first of all. So just know that you have to be patient with yourself. You have to give it a little bit of time. You have to be consistent for that transformation to occur. I'm a big fan of, you know, taking a term, a word or a um if you will, a phrase and rephrasing it or reframing it, for instance. So instead of saying, I'm broke, say, this is not a good time and maybe some time in the future. I, mm -hmm. I really want people to understand that it's not about never can I do these things? It's about maybe not now, but mm -hmm. when, let me plan when. And then also like planting seeds, like getting used to planting seeds and having, um, a little bit of money do some hard work for you. It is important that, you know, you invest a little bit of money. It is important that you save, meaning I'm talking about even coupon savings and I'm talking about bartering and things of that nature. When you save dollars, that can add up over time. I counted all of the dollars that I saved in one year. Um, I just added up all of my coupon savings and deals and things. Um, and not like a sale on a clothing item, but like literally I had to do a little work to save that extra dollar. $2,500 in one year Wow! just by being intentional and then also recording that. That's huge. I mean, just think about if you're saving that kind of money, what you can do with that, that's two, over $200 a month. Investing that over time is humongous. So it, it's those little steps that we have to get those wins. We have to know it's possible and start flexing that muscle of us doing something that we've not done before. The other thing is, I think there's a lot of hurt, right? And I think we've got to, again, it's real. Things have happened in, in your past, but you can't allow that to dictate your future. And so maybe that is the catapult. That is the stair step you use to say never again mm -hmm. in my life. Will I allow that to hold me back? And what are you going to do differently? Um, that is huge. Take a, a different action so that you can get a different result as you move forward. I like that reframing because I think sometimes defeat starts first in our minds and it starts first in how we're looking at things. And so if we have the ability to adjust that dialogue with ourselves to say, yeah. this is where I'm at right now, but I don't have to stay here, or this is what has happened to me, but I have opportunities in the future, then we can start to get to what is that first stair step? What is that first thing? If I'm in a mountain of debt, what's the first thing I need to do instead of looking at the whole pile? Yeah. And then it really starts to, as you chip away, it really starts to grow to where you feel confident with money. And that's, I mean, that works with anything, but specifically sure. with money, I think for a lot of us, I mean, I never learned 
budgeting in high school or, you know, any kind of major money life skills other than the things that I started seeking after myself as it came to like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman and people like that who make it really accessible. But it's daunting at first, especially if we're, and many of us feel like we're in midlife and Mm-hmm. trying to make moves now that we feel like we should have made a long time ago. Yeah. I think the other part of this too is don't discount that it's too late. You know, I mean, it it's never too late. I mean, if we look at stories of people and how, you know, they have transformed their life. I mean, honestly, um, what Colonel Sanders, he didn't even start the first chicken you know, business until he was in his sixties. I mean, come on ladies. Like there's so much talent and, and things that you can offer the world and your family, your kids that let's not allow, um, our past to hold us back from the future that we desire, not just for us, but for our kids. Right. And so I think that we owe it to ourselves. Um, it is a part of making sure that we grow up responsible adults. And, um, it, again, if I could reiterate this point, the past happened, yes, acknowledge, and it's hurtful or challenging or disruptive, but your future is whatever you make it. And so start somewhere, start small and be consistent. Just be consistent. I love that. I'm feeling so fired up, so fired <laughs> up by your, your motivation right now. What, as we look at these habits and changing things, making changes, Mm -hmm. what are some of the first things, like if I'm under a pile of debt, what are some of the first things that I need to do or stop doing that are actually Mm -hmm. disempowering me? Where am I losing some of those opportunities that maybe I'm not really even aware of? Yeah. Well, you'll find those opportunities when you have a reality check and a reality check is where you look at your spending for a full month, you know, so a past month that is, is done now you look at all of your spending. And I, and what I mean by that is add it up by category, add up all of how much you spend on groceries, on dining out, on gifts or clothing or whatever it is, total it up, pay attention to how much you're spending on your utilities and all of that. So that you can see where all of your money went. Um, I think it's important for you to look at your credit report, not just the score, but the report, because the report is what di- dictates the score. And if there are errors on there, you can clean that up. One third of all credit reports have errors. And so if you are feeling disempowered about your FICO score, but there are errors that you can clean up and it can jump up 20 or 30 points, you are in control of that. So, so look at that. I mean, it is not easy. So I tell people to have a glass of wine if you need to, get some chocolate, put on some music, I light a that. candle. Like, self-care. <laughs> yes, like do what you need to do. <laughs> To, and then maybe do it with a friend. Like, I think part of our shame and guilt is that we hide ourselves and we try and sweep things under the rug. And maybe you need to do a Zoom call or get on the phone with a friend and say, hey, I'm about to push this button and look at my FICO score and check out my credit report. Will you just be with me? You know what I mean? And, and I actually had clients do that with me. Um, and it felt better that they weren't alone in that. And so um, you need that reality check. And then I think looking at what you spent your money on, and, and by that, I mean, if you have anything set aside for the future or anything in savings, or if there is a lack there, facing that and saying, I'm not going to be here. I won't be the same person, financially speaking, in 12 months. And what am I going to do, even if it's $5 a week? Whatever it is, 
what I'm seeing here today will not be what I will see in 12 months and make that commitment to yourself and start setting up, you know, the changes that need to be made in order for you to get where you really want to be. That reality check is crucial. I like that so many banking programs make it really easy too, that you can actually just yeah. get into your account with wherever you bank. And very often they'll break down those expenses for you. So you can yeah. see this much on groceries, this much on eating mm -hmm. out, this much on entertainment. Those we just like things. to avoid it. Cause it's, yeah. all, it's all there. It's at our yes. fingertips, right? Yeah, it <laughs> is. And, and I think also just realizing that it doesn't have to take you half a day to do those things. Like maybe um, it is just as easy as looking at your past finances for 10, 15 minutes, looking at your credit report and making sure that there are no errors and looking at any accounts that you have you know, for retirement or how much you, you know, you owe on your vehicle, things like that. So that you have, you're taking stock, right? You're trying to see where you sit today so that you can know what you've got to do in order to get to your tomorrow. I think your idea too, of having a friend involved or a mm -hmm. consultant such as yourself is great mm -hmm. too, because it is one of those things that sometimes I feel like we make it huge and so then we never touch it. You know, it feels mm -hmm. like it's going to take too long or I'm yeah. going to be embarrassed. And, and it's so great. I feel like in casting off shame always to have that non-judgmental, caring mm -hmm. person, whoever that is, yeah. walking along, holding your hand with you. And I do like the idea of kind of just making this like a girl's self-care thing. Like this really yeah. is self-care though. Like when you yeah. know where your money is going, you know what you're doing with it, what you're... And you're likely not the only one. Yes. That, that's the other thing mm -hmm. is like, we sit in our shame and we think we're by ourselves in it. And honestly, we're likely not the only one. We just don't want to talk about it because no one, no one has given us language or verbiage for discussing our money. And that is partly why we don't open our mouths to do so is because it's just been put aside. These are unhealthy topics. This is rude, for instance. Lots of people grew up thinking it was rude um, and un unbecoming to, to discuss money matters. And, and done with that, like, how mm -hmm. are we going to ever improve uh, or go yeah. to the next level if we don't have these conversations? And I also think it's really good to have a mentor, someone that you look up to, someone who is a few steps ahead of you and just say, hey, how'd you get here? Like, talk to me, hold me accountable, um, help me do step number one, or do you have somebody that I can talk to? That is important um, to have someone that is aspirational for you to look at because in that moment, you know, you, you kind of have a little bit of a finish line or, you know, somebody can help you with a running start. That's, that's important. So it might not be a coach, it might not be a friend, but it might be someone who is 15 or 20 years your senior, or they have, you know, sold a business or they're in business and, and they have some, they have done some things in their life that you would love to as well. And so um, having that conversation, especially outside your family, because, you know, they get a little in your business. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such an incredible place to start. What are some other simple steps that we can take to start digging out and taking control of our financial freedom if we're not sure? So maybe, you know, we've done this little assessment. We've looked at our yeah. finances and seen those kind of things. What are some of the very first things that are essential mm -hmm. to gaining control? I think you need a budget. 
Once you have the reality check, you absolutely need a budget. You need to sit down and tell your money where to go before it comes into your hands. So prior to the month or prior to getting paid, you actually have a game plan and every single dollar has a name. It's important that, you know, you haven't won the game. If you realize that you haven't won the game when there's money left, when there's money left, that means you give it a home. You either tell it to go towards your debt or go towards your emergency fund, or maybe it's time to increase the amount that you're putting towards your retirement. Be intentional and make it go somewhere versus it will honestly have a find a home of its own if you don't tell it what to do for me mine will end up at Chick-fil-A or Nordstrom Rack or Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know mm -hmm. and so if if I'm not intentional I'll find something to do with that money right Uh (laughs) and so let's be intentional and strategic and create that budget the other thing that you absolutely need to do is that if you have debt let's get a plan to get out of debt I'm a runner I've run several half marathons and one of the things that caused me to be able to finish because I was never a runner growing up. I didn't start running till I was 35. And so the thing that um, caused me to start paying attention to it was that there are mile markers. Like there's a training plan. It took me three months. Let's begin here. Three months to get to three miles because none of the training plans start Mm -hmm. if you can't do three miles. And so I had three months to get to three miles without stopping. And then the next three months were to get to 12 miles, which seems how, how does that, that, that math doesn't work. Right. But you follow the training plan. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to have this, a similar kind of training plan to get out of debt. So you need to know how much money you have in your budget to put towards your debt reduction. And then along the way, there are milestones. So at this point, I'm going to have this credit card paid off. At this point, I'm going to have my car paid off. At this point, you have these mile markers that help you to understand you're making progress. And I think it's okay to celebrate along the way too. I think it's totally fine to have a nice dinner or treat yourself to that new outfit or whatever it is so that you can continue to stay motivated. Um, when we're out of the pandemic, go get a massage or do whatever it is that you need to stay the course. Um, but I think that it's important to see those mile markers along the way with a game plan. A game plan is critical both for the budget and for digging your way out of debt. Not treating yourself and giving yourself small wins along the way, I found was so motivating for me because I am the kind of person that won't, I won't spend the money on myself. And then I get frustrated because I'm not enjoying my money. And so when I started really looking at, you can allot this little bit for yourself, it actually curbed my spending because I knew I was giving myself my budget for taking care Mm -hmm. of myself so I can enjoy it while I'm taking care of my money, saving it and paying debt and things like that. And the other thing is, I think, because we are moms, we want to do so much for our kids. Sometimes the reward is doing something special with your kids that Mm -hmm. maybe you've held off on, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That can also just be completely rewarding for moms out there. So, um, you know, giving your kid a gift just feels good. And the fact that you can afford to do it, or you've paid this debt off and that hundred dollars on that month might be better spent or do something in you spiritually inside your heart um, that, that you haven't been able to do. I mean, that just does something for you. And then the kids can be on the journey. Like, I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. When my kids were little um, and I was on our debt journey, my, my little one would say, mom, it's 
debit, right? Not debt. We want debit. <laughs> and I was like, you're right, honey, because your debit card is cash in the bank, right? And I love that she got that lesson. And so now both of them are, you know, pretty good with money and they paid for half of their vehicles. And, um, you know, one, I do have a spender and I do have a saver, um, but they're reasonable. Um, and so I'm really glad that those lessons have translated. I think that's an interesting point you made as well, that many of us fit into one bucket or another. We either are more of a spender or more of a saver. And there's actually strengths and weaknesses that come along with both of those. And so it's just getting that imbalance, knowing more or less what your style is. And then having the budget that gives you actually the freedom to Mm -hmm. express yourself with your money. I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I view it. Um, Mm -hmm. Rather than feeling like the money is taking control over you. Yeah. Now you mentioned a little bit as far as emergency funds and debt and savings. And I know I've heard from a lot of women in the group, especially who they're not really sure when it comes to prioritizing what they should do. So what do you, do you have any general guidelines when it comes to looking at something like debt versus savings to figure out which, do I just tackle one of them first? Do I do both at the same time? How should that look? Well, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan and he makes it super easy. He just says, get a thousand dollars in the bank first and then focus on debt reduction and then go back to that thousand dollars and bring that up to three to six months of your expenses. And then make it a priority to invest in your retirement. So think about how much easier it is when you don't have those debt payments to actually put dollars towards your retirement. When my husband and I were in debt, um, we had over $1,100 per month going out in payments to student loans, credit cards, and our car notes. And so just think about what can be done with $1,100 a month when you no longer have that, you know, getting that emergency fund up just, you know, it it takes a year maybe let's say right and then after that you can just be investing and as your income increases you may or may not increase your investing but the point is that you've you've freed up cash that's not going to debt reduction that you can do whatever you want with you can now vacation and it just gives you options that make it easier for you to live life and so in that order yes a baby emergency fund getting out of debt and then go back to that emergency fund to get it up higher where i may you know like alter it just a bit is maybe you need to have that milestone of 500 dollars first right? Maybe you just need to say, okay, you know what? I've never had a thousand dollars. That's crazy. And then in, in order to prevent yourself from not doing it at all, let's just see how long is it going to take you to get to $500, right? And then a thousand, or what can I sell? How can I increase my income for a period of time? Um, maybe when you get a raise, all of those dollars go towards your, your savings. So you start thinking of it in baby step terms. If you have I'm going to, I'm going to say three or more children. Um, and anyone in the house has medical issues, or if you have a large rent or mortgage payment, and by large, I mean something closer to $2,000, you might need more money in those cases. You might need to have $2,000 versus $1,000 because your risk, if you have children who um, have health challenges or you yourself have health challenges and that, that comes out of your out of pocket, I mean, you might need to have a bigger savings. If you live in an expensive area, you might need to have more savings. And if you have lots of kids, again, you might need more savings. So I want you to assess what the need is for you and then um, look at how long it's going to take you to get there and then 
focus on that in particular. Usually the biggest area I tell people to focus on is dining out, takeout. Um, it is, it adds up. (laughs) It does. It it totally does. And we're Mm -hmm. super optimistic about how much we spend there, but usually we're spending double than we expect Mm -hmm. when we add it all up. And Mm -hmm. so that is always an area of opportunity. There's no shame. It's just create a healthy boundary around yourself so that you can reach those bigger goals that you have. So let's say that you have a healthy little emergency fund. Let's say that most of your debt is under control or paid. How can we be strategic at starting retirement savings at middle age? Because I think a lot of us feel like, oh no, I've missed the boat here and I'm in hot water now. What do I do? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think we need a little bit of balance. One is get the free money at work. So if your job is offering a 401k plan and they match your dollars, so up to 3% or 6%, always get the free money. Make sure that you you are investing up to that amount. Um, And here's the deal. I balance that retirement conversation and putting dollars there with the living situation. I think it's important that people consider the 15-year mortgage as a priority when you are in your 40s and absolutely in your 50s. Um, I'm actually right now working with a single mom who is right at that sweet spot. She's really concerned about retirement. And we did an assessment and I said, if you get a condo and you're able to pay it off in the next 15 years, which she still plans to work for 15 years, but no more. She's in that, you know, um, mid 50 range. And so she's, if you do that 15 year plan, plus you're saving, you won't have a mortgage after 15 years. And then you need less for retirement, but you're still for 15 years, you've been saving. So do both, like make sure that you make both a priority because nobody wants to, you know, it, it's difficult, let's say, to, to start off with zero and in 15 or 20 years have enough saved in your retirement to take care of you. So let's look at that housing piece of it and how can we take that off of your budget when you retire. That's a huge, huge thing. You don't want to have to save so much aggressively and be worried about it when you can just restructure, if you will, how you think about your housing costs, because that's usually the biggest thing. I mean, it's, it can easily be, I mean, we don't want it to be, but it can easily be half of your income or half of what's going out in retirement. And so if we get rid of that, let's make that a part of the strategy and that will reduce your stress around how much you're needing, even though you're still saving. So doing both at that time is super important. Well, and the way that I've started to look at it is that if you're able to pay down that mortgage, the sooner that you're able to do that, if you have working years beyond that, then you can do a little catch up at that point. Absolutely. After the age of 50, you can one, they give you all these tax breaks that you can take advantage of to put more into your 401k and even outside of your 401k in a Roth IRA. Um, and so feasibly, you yourself could be doing 25, 30,000 a year into a retirement account 
after the age of 50, if you've got those dollars and can afford to do it. And hopefully you got some kids like getting out the house at mm-hmm. that point or they're gone, <laughs> you know, and so there's a little less expense there. And, and so I think um, it looks like a daunting task today, but again, be patient with yourself and be wise about your choices now because it makes a difference later. I think that long-term plan also even if it is, I mean, we're, as we're talking about steps, you know, we're talking about, you can take, you know, this first step and then this next step, but even sometimes those steps are years and decades in the making. So if it is putting more towards a mortgage and knowing what you want to do with that same amount of extra afterwards for retirement, then it doesn't feel like, Oh no, I haven't made a plan. You might not be tackling that step yet, but you know, what's ahead and you know where your money's supposed to go. And so then once it's done doing its job, on the front end with the mortgage, then now we shift it over here and we have a lot more opportunity and breaks and stuff like that. Plus your living expenses go down if that living quarters, those living quarters are paid off. So that's the right. amount that you even need to save is so much less yeah. if that's a big part of your budget that's just taken care of. Absolutely. Yep. That's absolutely right. And I think take it one step at a time, one day at a time, and don't worry about steps four, five, and six, if you haven't taken steps one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it applies to any area of your life is just be patient with yourself and look at the step that's right in front of you. And if you're making good choices now, it's going to serve you well later. I think that's helpful too, that you're breaking this down. Those elementary steps are meant to give you confidence in yes. the further down the road steps. Yes, so that when it. you know that you can tackle steps one, two, and three, four, five, and six, you're like, oh, I've got this. Like, yeah. I You've know- got some history and That's confidence. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to do a little bit of all of it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so then we kind of just get paralyzed because it's so heavy. And I also think that one thing women tend to do that we have to push back on is that we compare ourselves and our journey to someone else's. Um, your journey is yours. And what you choose to do when you choose to do it and why you choose to do it, you've got that power within you to make that choice. Don't worry about what someone else is doing. Just think about what is best for you. And if you've got God on the inside and he's leading you and guiding you, I mean, that compass, that internal moral compass is going to be something that is invaluable. And so we've got to know ourselves better than we care about what someone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And that, again, is a muscle that we have to flex. We have to practice um, focusing more on what our journey is supposed to be about versus focusing on what someone else's journey is. And I tend to be a bit of a pessimistic in this way where I tend to think everybody's situation is not as glory as they make it out to be. And so you think you're seeing the fruit of something amazing here and you just, people show you what they want to show you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just be cautious when you're looking at someone else's grass that it appears greener. I mean, who knows? They could have spray painted that stuff. That's right. That's right. That's right. Very early on in this conversation, Erica and I talked about some of the emotional issues that come along with our money. And for me personally, it was something that I never really felt like I was worthy of investing in myself. And going to therapy actually really helped me to see myself rightly and then actually see my money in a proper way. 
With that in mind, I'd like to mention our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that's available to you on the go, and it works through an app very simply. Through that app, you can schedule appointments to meet with your counselor through video sessions, or you can just chat with them as you're going through your week to get some support. If Christian counseling is something you have been thinking about and you'd like to give Faithful Counseling a try, you can actually get 10% off of your first month if you go to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. So you've given a few suggestions already about stretching our dollar. And I know that making a little extra income, a lot of us would feel like we'd have a little more wiggle room if there were just ways that maybe we could bring in some more cash. Yeah. So in addition to stretching our dollar, what are some really worthwhile ways that we might actually be able to make an extra income? Yeah. I'll start with where you are. Um, I think we have to value ourselves in a way that we know that our skill sets are being fairly paid for, right? So I think that it is a worthwhile effort for someone to write down all of the gifts, skills, and talents that they bring to the current position that they have, their main gig, and write it all down. Um, And when it comes time to having a conversation with your boss or, or superior, make sure that you're making the case that you are worth more. Know yourself. Look at, you know, the salary ranges. I am I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this, you know, publicly is I think you need to talk to a male about what he earns, like have a conversation about earnings um, because you want to make certain that you are on par. The reason I say this is because it's a sore spot for me years ago when I was in corporate America um, for seven years, I didn't, well, I should say five years, I didn't realize that I was paid under par mm-hmm. and someone, a female had to tell me, I'm going to help to rectify this for you. But I had no idea because I was just happy with my increases Mm -hmm. over those five years. Um, I was just grateful and thankful and didn't want to rock the boat and any, you know, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And over five years, if, if, for instance, everybody else was making five or 6% more, and I was only making 3%, that compounds the gap Mm -hmm. between women and men. Um, And so, again, you know, finding someone that you can talk to about the dollars and cents, knowing your skill set and and negotiating for more is the very first place. And I had a similar experience. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, as you said, sometimes we just know what we're making and we feel like, oh, well, that's that feels adequate. That's good. But then when you're able to compare it against your colleagues, Mm -hmm. there could be a disparity that you're not even aware of. And let's talk about that men always talk about money. Yeah, they, that's true. They talk about how much they earn. They talk about how much they it earn. It goes back to that manners thing you were talking about where we feel yeah. like it's rude that we would be impolite to speak mm-hmm. about it. But it, in, mm-hmm. in many cases, men are not as uncomfortable speaking about it. And so they we are not ourselves that way. That's right. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is in knowing your worth, it also means you may not have to know that you need to be mobile. So for yes. me in my career, what that looked like was going to my superiors and saying, this is where I'm at. This is what I need. This is what I'm worth. This is what I've done. And if they're not willing to put a dollar figure to that, then I knew that there was a competitor who was hiring that would. And I had no problem with interviewing regularly just to keep myself fresh, to Mm -hmm. know that I was still marketable out there and letting people know, Hey, I'd love this company. I don't want to leave. I enjoy it here. 
but this is what I know that I need to continue to grow in my career. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can get that. I want to get it here. But if I have to be mobile and I have to move on, then I'll do that. And I did. I yes. jumped to competitors every two or three years for a little span of my career because yeah. it was what was right for me and my family and my career moves and all those types of things. But you have to be willing. It's not like we're playing chicken here, you know, but we right. have to be willing to at least say this is what I'm worth and I know that I can get it. And again, that's, that's the vocabulary that we have to learn and the confidence in ourselves and our skills and abilities. And that's why I say, write it down so that you can remind yourself of how good you are, because you bring something valuable to the table. And then the other thing is just making sure that, um, we aren't more loyal to the company than they are to us, that we're more loyal to our family and our children and what we can give to them than we are to this edifice of the, the company or business or what have you. Because you can go interview and then you can come back and say, I would love to stay here, but they're offering me this. And sometimes they will try and be competitive to keep you. And if they don't, at least you've got this other opportunity. And so don't be afraid of one rocking the boat or any of that. Let's just call it out. Men do this all the time. Um, and part of like the wealth gap is real or the, the pay gap is, is real, but less do our part to not allow it to be us. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you have those conversations. I think that is the biggest thing that we can do to make extra money. Now I will say, you know, obviously we're talented people. We can, you know, do have side hustles. And my, and my mother, like I said, I, I tell, I, she was a hard worker and she had extra jobs and things like that. Um, and I think that if you can do it great, um, Gosh, during the pandemic, I've had several single moms who who have said, "Okay, you know what? I'm I'm doing um, shipped, you know, mm -hmm. and people tip really well right now." Mm -hmm. um, I've had people make four and five hundred dollars in a weekend between Friday and Sunday, um, making extra money. And so, getting out again, getting outside your comfort zone, doing some things on the side, and maybe it's just for a season. Maybe it's just until you get beyond this stuck point. Um, but I think it's important that you, we've, we've got to not allow the shame to keep us inactive and, and figure out how we can get our hustle on because in the short term, it's going to make a long-term benefit for sure. Mm -hmm. And something I learned about side hustles as well is, I mean, as you're talking about right now, those convenience things, uh, DoorDash and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. is huge. And even as you mentioned, where we're spending a lot more money on eating out. And I feel with the pandemic, that's probably actually increased. Yeah. That's actually an opportunity we could take advantage of knowing that people's spending habits can have changed, that we can jump right in there and yeah. offer a service in that sense. But the other thing too, is if it's long-term that you are looking for kind of a side hustle, kind of a deal that getting more into something that's evergreen, rather than like transactional, yeah. making your money sure. work for you, that kind of thing can often also have compounding returns. Sure. What can you suggest that may be more in that vein where our money's working for us or we're not having to touch transactional business yeah. in order to make a little side money? Yeah. Well, honestly, investing is the very first thing. Um, investing makes your money work for you while you're sleeping. Um, but also 
I mean, at some point, if you want to do real estate, I mean, that is a great way. Um, it is also a long-term retirement strategy if, if that is something that you enjoy. Um, I think that the key though is to make sure that you are unclogging the logjam, that you're looking at your finances, finding out where it's stuck um, and making sure that long-term it remains unstuck. We just don't want to get ahead of ourselves um, depending on what phase of life we're in. There's, there's, you know, when my kids were little, um, there was a lot of things that I would not do um, just because I wanted to be around. And now, gosh, I got a 21 year old and a 17 year old and, you know, they're doing their thing. And so I have a lot more flexibility and autonomy to do some things in the evenings and weekends that um, I may not have done when they were three and four and seven and eight and all of that kind of stuff. So um, just know yourself and what you're willing to give to any side hustles or other ma money-making opportunities so that you're um, not allowing too much to go on unnecessarily. That's you just important. made two really great points. The first one being if you can get your spending under control, then mm -hmm. you may not even really have to worry about making extra side money. But if you keep, yeah. you make extra side money, but it's going to waste because we don't have a plan for our spending yeah. then you're just pouring more money into a broken system. So if we have the ability so to think about what we're doing with the money that we have, then we may not even really have to stress ourselves out in that way. Mm -hmm. But then two, that opportunities will change as time goes on. So right now it may look like, Oh, like this, tug of war between my time with my kids and making extra money that if we can be tighter with our budget while they're small, that as they get bigger and they yeah. move on, that we'll actually have a lot more opportunity. And I keep just thinking yeah. of the catch up, you know, catching yeah. up. So many of us are in the mid in middle age and we're like, how do we get there? But it's like, you still yeah. have time to catch up. You still have so Absolutely. many more opportunities where you're at right now. It's not going to look the same in 10 years. So we can make a plan for right now, knowing all the while that we have more opportunity down the road. Absolutely. I think one of the big things too, that I would tell single moms is make sure that you are thinking about your kid's next step because, and, and by that, I mean, if it's college or com community college or vo vocational, or if they're just going to go to work, like be thinking about how you can help them be out on their own. Because your kid being out on their own gives you freedom, not just financially, but in time. And, and lots of kids, I, I, my kid might come back for, I don't know, a short amount of time, but I'm trying to prep my oldest right now. She's got a year and a half left of college. And when she goes off to do her thing, I want her to feel confident that she can you know, and then I have a high schooler who I want to know that she's capable of financially taking care of herself and then also doing the personal responsibilities that are required to be on your own dishes, laundry, you know, cleaning and all of these things so that you can be self-sufficient because I don't want you to come back. I love you, but I want a vacation with you. I want you to come visit, but I don't want you to live in my house. Right. Yeah. And I think like, a lot of times we get stuck in survival mode. And so if you can help your kid figure out what their next step is going to be when they leave your home, be it college or something else, and be very clear about how you can add to that. If you can help with college, great. If you cannot, it is still valuable to have this conversation with your student, your child, because they need to know that they've got to get their hustle on just like mom did, right? Um, 
And I find that we wait too late to have these conversations or to think about what their next step looks like. And then they stick with us too long. And that affects your money. It affects your money. So um, my kids, you know, if you were to ask them, they'd be like, yeah, mom's just waiting on us to get out. (laughs) And I'm enjoying them right now. But because they're so much older and my oldest has a full ride scholarship, like I'm like, I'm so excited because that's dollars that are not coming out of my pocket. And for a single mom, that is invaluable. So if you can help them with programs or in school and, you know, tutoring right now or whatever it is, so they can be successful in whatever their next thing is and they can take care of themselves financially, that's a huge win for you. That is a huge win in terms of regaining your life and being able to do what you need to do when they're, you know, in their next step too. I like your suggestion earlier too, that as you're learning financial practices mm-hmm. as you're putting a budget together if you're transparent with your kids about that yeah. and showing them i've shown my kids i have a spreadsheet it adds there it all up that's and i don't know like it's not sophisticated i just googled budgeting excel spreadsheet and yep. i found yep. one that's already you know all the formulas are calculated so it does the adding and subtracting for me but I've shown them how that works and I show them, okay, this is the amount in every month. This is the amount out every month. This is what's left over. This is where yeah. I put it. And then they understand when I say that that's not in the budget and yep. they celebrate with me when, Hey, guess what guys, we saved money so much that we can go on the special outing and do the special thing. Yes. And then they feel like they got treated actually out of the budget too. So I yep. think that's part of the transparency of this in as we're learning that taking our kids along that journey with us, again, we don't need to sit down with them and be like, all right, now son, uh, we're going to get out our envelopes. I mean, it may look like that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but some of us, like for me, it's, I don't want to teach a formal class. I just want to take my kid through what I'm doing already. Yeah. And so it just equips them in a way that they can see tangibly so that they can start to look at their own money that way. And yeah. for my, my kids are, elementary and middle school age. So I have an app. It's a a chores app that just shows them where their allowance goes every Mm -hmm. couple of weeks when they get it. And it's already divided for them into save and spend and give. And so they're asking me, mom, can I see my account? Can I see my account? Yeah, there you go. That to me is great because now they're getting in the habit. Now I know they're getting in the habit because they want to spend it, but they're getting in the habit (laughs) of checking. (laughs) But as we're able, as we check, we have those conversations about, okay, this is how much you've got. What are you working towards with this? What do you, you know, as you said, what, what, what name are you giving to these dollars so that they know actually that there's something that they're working forward, working towards, or that there is a cause that they feel passionate about that they want to give their money to so that they feel empowered with their dollars. And I'm seeing, especially in my son, where the habit is shifting from, I want to look at that account to see how much money I have. So I can Mm -hmm. just spend it all (laughs) to (laughs) where I've allowed him to do that. And the thrill of spending wore off really fast. Yeah. And in a very low stakes way, he was able to go, well, that wasn't worth it. Wow. So for a eight, nine year old to be able to do that and go, I know, I think I'm going to save for something bigger. It's so much easier to teach them that lesson in elementary school than it is for them to learn it when they're 16, when they're 20, when they're 30. (laughs) That's so true. Like make it a very natural part. I love that this is just a daily or a monthly type of thing with your family, because honestly, if we overcomplicate it, 
while they're young or if we poo-poo the idea and say, no, we're not going to talk about that or mom's going to take care of it or, you know, we'll figure it out later. Later doesn't come or they don't learn these lessons. They have to learn them in small ways along the way and then learn how to get more and more personal responsibility. Um, And so that is such a good lesson. Like, honestly, one of my kids, she's a born leader. Um, born, she's been president of her class every year and all this stuff, right? Just a born leader. They'd love to follow her. But I told her, um, and I have repeated this several times, I said, you cannot be an effective leader if you do not know how to follow and serve. And that can only come when you actually have, I should, one of the ways I should say that, that you do that is by having a job. And so though we could have purchased a vehicle for her, she got a $5,000 vehicle that we could have gotten it for her. Part of the lesson was in the work and reward. So she worked, she paid for half, we paid the other half and that is huge and it's age appropriate. And I think that knowing that she can save money, that she can earn money and that she needs to pay for something is a big, huge, hairy deal. At, and, and so that she can take that into college. And, you know, my oldest is now managing her own budget and paying attention to her money and all those things because she did the same thing at age 16 and 17. And so I think that we can't discount those small lessons that our kids learn when they're younger. That's so valuable and important for them to actually have that aha moment. That wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. I know not to do that again. Like they need to have those moments at eight, nine, and then 16 mm-hmm. and, you know. Well, and it's like, we want to protect them be like, no, 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 no. You want to save it up, save it up. But it's like, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to, while the stakes are really low, That's let right. them make mistakes under your roof so mm-hmm. that they can do it, it while we're talking about 10 and $15 and not mm-hmm. 10 and $15,000. And if that's right. happened, it's all, you know, there's no shame in this kind of stuff. But I also love that you give the teenagers perspective on that too, as far as saving yeah. for a car and that kind of stuff. I'm not there yet. So I yeah. just love, we have so many listeners who are though. And so I love that you're able to give that perspective as well, what it does look like as, as that dollar figure starts to increase. And we start yes. to really talk about buying power with our kids and setting them up for success in, in ways that we may have never really known it before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that, that helps them feel confident. Honestly, my daughter's vehicle is the only one that my dog gets in. Like when we take him, you know, places and things and, she does not like it when I drive her car (laughs) (laughs) because she has ownership. Right. 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 And I give her that opportunity. I'm like, do you want to take the dog today? Or do you want to go, you know? Um, and she's like, no, it's okay. I want to be respectful because sure, you know, I pay for half of this, but it ultimately that's her vehicle and that's what she'll take to college and all of that. But she got possessive, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And it's like, and when, um, she needed a new light, like a, a, a rear view mirror or something like that. My husband had her help replace it um, so that she can see how to do it. When my oldest hit the house, like she literally ran into the house oh, no. um, <laughs> and, and broke her mirror. Oh. Um, we found one at a salvage yard and um, she put that thing back on. Like, and, and I think that it's important that they see what ownership what that responsibility looks like too. And so um, 
that that part, these are life lessons and we don't need to shelter them from it. They need to learn now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I totally agree. <laughs> yep. Erica, you have given so many wonderful tips, suggestions. I so many things that I can take straight from this conversation and just go put into practice right now. I want to know if there's one thing that you could leave us with. What's one thing that you would want every single mom to know? Be you. Just be you. You are more than good enough. What you're doing, all the little things that you are trying to do to make your the lives of your kids better, they see it. They will continue to see it. It's going to produce fruit. It, it does matter. Um, I honestly, I'm a product of a single parent home. And when I went to college is when I realized it took me until I was 19 or 20 years old to realize how amazing my mother was. So I may not have appreciated all of her hard work and all of her effort and everything that she did to help us to have a better life until I was 19 or 20. But I saw it and I shared it with her and we are the best of friends now. And, and, you know, for the last 20 plus years. Right. And, and so just know that every little thing that you're doing to be a great mom, to provide and to get out of debt or to manage your finances, your kids are watching and you are the best example that they have of what it looks like to be an awesome, responsible adult, you know what I mean? And so it all matters. Just be you, do you, because it's more than good enough. They will, they will see it. I'm receiving all of that. Thank you so much. <laughs> it just made me feel so good. <laughs> Erica, how can listeners connect with you and stay in touch with what you're doing? Absolutely. So you can get on my newsletter for free by going to seven day money That's the number seven day money And it's really just a four or five minute video once a day for seven days. So in a week, you can see some transformation in your finances. Um, my website is tailormatebudgets.com. And so you can see all the ways to potentially work with me or do some things on your own. Um, and I'm on Instagram, tailormatebudgets on Facebook, tailormatebudgets. So uh, in those places where we can connect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erica. Finances can be kind of confusing and just plain old daunting. And I'm so thankful that Erica has such a clear way of explaining these things, but also helping us to see our opportunities so that we can look into 2021, we can look into the next year and really make some changes that will make us feel more empowered when it comes to our money. I know I do. As we head into the new year, If you're looking for community and you'd like to find some other single moms to go through life with, Agape Moms has a private Facebook group called Beloved Collective. If you find us on Facebook at Agape Moms, right on that main page there, you'll click on the groups tab and you can submit a request to join the group. That's where a lot of these questions for Erica actually came from. And so as I have guests upcoming, you can share some of your concerns that we can address those topics right here on the podcast. Additionally, I'd love to connect with you over on Instagram if that's more your speed. And that is also at Agape Moms. To go along with each episode of the podcast, I've also released a new weekly video devotional. And in that video, I'll talk a little bit about what we talk about on the podcast, but I also feature a Bible verse and some reflection questions so that you can take what you're learning here on the podcast and dive a little deeper with that. 
If you'd like to receive notifications when those videos are released and they're released once a week, you can subscribe to the Agape Moms YouTube channel. 2020 was a big year for the Christian Single Moms podcast. We are now being streamed in 30 countries and I am just so blown away by that. And I'm so thankful to each of you who subscribes, those of you who share reviews. And the coolest thing about reviews is I just get to see what God is doing in your life as you boldly and courageously step into the things that he has for you in the season ahead. And I just pray that you, as you step through all of this, would continue to be strengthened and empowered by the things that you're learning. And I'm just honored that this podcast could be one piece of that. I'm praying for you going into this new year, and I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.